Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the Basketball Addicts Podcast. Yeah. Yes, sir. Today we have a good one. Basically, we're in this odd time frame as basketball fans. This is the day before we're recording this, the day before the last day of the basketball season. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, after that, we're going to get play-ins from the seeds 7 through 10. So there's going to be a lot of playoff matchups. And then after that, I think on the 14th, last day of the regular season or the day the playoffs start so we got a lot of moving pieces right now but today we're basically just going to be talking to you guys about these teams the way we feel about these teams we're not gonna we're not gonna give you guys all the information that we're gonna give you guys on our playoff projections and the playoff breakdowns that we're gonna be giving out next week where we break down our matchups choose our winners each round it's gonna be great in detail it's going to be the best stuff you can find out there. We're really good at this. We're really good at breaking down matchups. Um, so it's going to be today is going to be talking about these great teams. You know, these teams that are improving, these teams that are declining. It's a, it's a lot of things in flux, especially in the West. So, yeah. um, you know, the only thing that I feel like is solid is Milwaukee, man. Like mm-hmm. the Milwaukee Bucks, every time I watch them, I just feel so much more... Like, I really believe that they're the best team in the NBA. I really, mm. truly believe that the Milwaukee Bucks have a great defensive scheme. I feel like they play together. They play so well offensively. I feel like everything complements Giannis. I think Giannis is the best player in the league. And I think this is a good chance for number two here for Giannis, man. That's something I'm very excited for. Number two. Okay. I have a little pushback there because... Even though they do seem like a well-defensive team, a well-offensive team, they're clicking. Giannis, I will agree with you, does look like the best Mm -hmm. player in the league right now. I will say that the Phoenix Suns has their number. This is a revenge matchup if it comes to fruition. You know what I mean? They've added KD. They look a lot different. (laughs) With KD, you know okay. what I mean. They are like eight and zero with KD. You know what I mean. They they this is a this is a team that is like full of shot creation and passing ability. You know what okay. I mean. So like especially from the point guard position and things like that. So yes, Milwaukee may have the height advantage over them in a, to an extent, but I think that the scoring output that the Suns can hit, the Bucks can't match. But they will be a really good matchup because they match up well defensively. Okay, I have a good question for you, Chris. Good What's up? question. So, 
the Phoenix Suns are an enigma because they haven't played many games together with KD. It's limited, limited yeah. um, time to scout them. Mm-hmm. So, as you've watched them, what is your takeaway from the Suns team? What do you think is their identity, strengths, weaknesses as a team? Strengths as a weak as a team. The strength, that, the biggest strength they have as a as a team is their shot creation ability. I believe with KD, okay. that's added a level of shot creation that they didn't have they didn't have before, especially okay. because the way that he's how efficient he is, especially in the couple True. games he's played, he's averaging like thirty three in just like seven games. It's like ridiculous. Like he's been playing out of yeah. his mind, and this is he's just couple games, and he works really well because he's not one of those thinker kind of players. He's more of that okay, give me the ball, kill. I'll get, get out of my way. I'm going to kill. Mm-hmm. whoever's in my way kind reactionary. of players. like he he's very reactionary that's a great word reactionary because yeah. he's 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 an ultimate score he's like he's like a, the purest score in the league we have today besides Devin Booker and they're both on the same team so it's I like it, it just works really well especially with the CP3 because like he has two guys mm-hmm. he can pass to and he knows like they're going to automatically get a bucket for him and then that yeah. opens up the lane because like now because people are like worried about Booker they're worried about KD now that opens mm-hmm. up the lane because now you now Chris Paul has easy mid-range shot that, that's where he lives this is bread and butter he can knock down the three but he really gets to his spot he plays very well and gets to a spot remember how when we were talking about jimmy butler we said that if we want to talk about jimmy butler we're, this is the guy who always gets to a spot makes his shot gets mm-hmm. to a spot makes his shot get, that's cp3 as well cp3 has that exact same game except for that he's mm-hmm. able to elevate those around him as well and mm-hmm. when you it wouldn't that be like the perfect scenario right where the people, the players that you're elevating around you are superstar level talent. So, like, how, when you, when you elevate those guys, like, where are you elevating them to if they're already at the top? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like it makes it makes it look like like it's limitless in a way. Mm-hmm. It, I just think that the Suns have the best chance in the West, barring injury, barring anything bad happening. Knock on wood, because you never know with the NBA. The Suns have the best chance in the West. And then when they face the Bucks, because I believe the Bucks have really capitalized on the East. That's the best word I can think of right now. Mm-hmm. Have capitalized on the East. Like the, the East is theirs. Like I, I don't see any team beating the Bucks, barring injury. Right? Injury is always a toss-up, right? Anybody next can factor. get hurt. It's yeah. always an X factor. Barring injury, the Bucks have the East. Barring entry, yeah. the Suns have the West, so it's it's a it's a it's a collision course. The Suns mm-hmm. and the Bucks will collide again. The only difference is that KD will be in a Suns jersey. True, and I think that that will push the Suns to their first championship. Okay, so you Over think the, the best team in the league right now is the Suns? Best playoff. T- okay, interesting. Best so- best championship potential in the league. Outside the Bucks are the Suns. It's not, it, I wouldn't even like how I would put it if I was to rank one through three, right? Just just one through three. It uh-huh. would be for me, Bucks, Suns, Celtics. That's my okay. Three. Okay. That's my three. Okay. Because the Celt- the Celtics have a have a high championship ceiling, but I don't think that they can contend. Compl- they can they can I don't think they can contend with the Bucks on the level that the Suns can. Even though they don't have the defensive okay. capability, I think offensively they match the Bucks' defensive capability. Because you're looking at KD could drop 50-40, 50 or 40 mm-hmm. at night. You know what I mean? Devin Booker could drop 50 or 40. You might get like 25-30 from CP3 on a good night. 
it's like ridiculous over there. Mm-hmm. Just just looking at their stars, you know what I mean? But on the other end, they match up well defensively, the Bucks do with the Suns because they can lock those players down because they have so many long forwards and guards that just lock everybody up. So if you yeah. so if these guys can't get off, then it's just it's the Bucks world. But Katie seems virtually unguardable. So it's like he's gonna score. So it's like there's no stopping that. So yeah. the game plan for the Bucks is you got to try to get somebody else to beat them, but the next person who's going to beat them is Booker. So you're not you're not going to stop both of them from going off. Mm-hmm. You're not. It's just I don't think that's possible. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to choose one or the other, and somebody's going to put the dagger through the heart, one or the okay. other. Okay. So I have I have different views on the Suns. That's fine. M- me personally. I don't think they're better than the Celtics, but I think they're the third best team in the NBA. Um, Why third? Complete basketball team, the Celtics. Uh, But to talk about the Suns individually, I am very impressed by a few things. The Mm -hmm. biggest thing is Monty Williams is a hell of a coach. Gotta be. Wow, give them a round of applause. Exactly, because... (laughs) Like, when I thought about KD and Devin Booker, I was like, okay, Devin Booker isos a lot. Devin Booker is a mid-range guy. With KD around, I haven't seen Devin Booker touch a fucking iso in the mid-range. Oh, like, the games I watch the play, you don't see it, right? No. And it's a lot of pick and roll for Devin Booker, right? And it's a lot more of, like, him getting in the mid-roll and him making his own shots. So it's like him and KD can gel well together. You know what I mean? Yeah. KD can be that true wing. And, you know, I, it's 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 amazing how well uh, the ball moves in Phoenix. Like, when you think Devin Booker and KD, you think you're going to be seeing some ball stopping, right? Mm-hmm. The ball doesn't stop, right? Like, it's impressive yeah. how advanced of a movement system is being used there in such a t- short time frame, and especially with the bench. Like, they have some shot creators off the bench, too, where you said shot creating is their biggest skill, and I would 100% agree with you. By far their best, best skill is not just KD and Devin Booker. They have yeah. TJ Warren off the bench. You know what I mean? He yes. can shot create a little bit for himself. They yeah. have Terrence Ross that gets some limited minutes off the breast. They have Tory Craig, who's a three and D guy. Yeah. Um, they yeah. have Cameron Artist Payne, who has always been able to get in the lane and get mm-hmm. his mid range shots. You know what I mean? And exactly. They have a few more guys that add up into a overall alignment of we have multiple guys that are skilled at scoring the basketball and shot creating mm-hmm. for themselves. And that movement off the bench, because usually they'll either have KD or Devin Booker on the floor at all times and with the yeah. bench shooter. And you would think during those time frames, okay, yep, Devin Booker's just going to ISO, right? We're just going to see. De- no, it's just still a movement even at that point in time. They play ridiculously efficient offense for 48 minutes. <laughs> look, look, there's going to be some games that they would buy 20. 30 in the playoffs, okay? Yeah. They're going to get hot. They're really efficient. They hit tough shots. They have three-point shooters. The ball moves. Monty Williams a hell of a coach, right? And DeAndre Aiden and CP3 pick and roll is always there. And DeAndre Aiden's a good post player. And Monty Williams has put on a master class of rotations. I mean, I'm seeing 
Kevin Durant on the floor by himself. I'm seeing Devin Booker with, uh, what was the center? DeAndre Ayton paired yeah. together, right? Like you're seeing so many different rotations and there's so many different situations and everybody's rested and everybody's just being in the fit and everything works well together. And Monty Williams is putting on a masterclass of coaching right now. Like people, the common casual fan will think, oh, it's CP3. CP3 is the one that's making all decisions. CP3 is the one that's making the Suns look what they look like. No, it's Monty and CP3, right? Like, yeah. Monty's not the one calling the plays. Monty's not to, uh, I mean, CP3 is not the one calling the plays. CP3 is the one teaching these guys how to move the ball, play together, and you know what I mean? Move off ball, right? Like, he's not the head coach every single day. It's Monty, right? Yeah. Give Monty his credit because he's doing a hell of a job. Um, you know, and the ball moves and the passing. You know how much I believe in passing Lisa Championship. Their ball movement and their passing, the way they play together, is beautiful. I love that mm-hmm. kind of basketball. I really, truly believe that it leads to winning. So you might be thinking, Chris, okay, if Jason really believes in the Suns this much, I'm worried about the defense. It's very, very average. Let me ask you this, Chris. Past 15 mm-hmm. years, when's the last time you've seen somebody win an NBA championship with at least not a top 10 defense in the playoffs? Some people play different defense in the playoffs. I'm trying to think in the last 15 years. I don't. You got the Warriors, great defense. But they had a decent defense, though. Yeah, I'm defense. saying the Warriors had great defenses. Oh, right? The had Raptors great had great defenses. Oh, or, uh, Cavs or, had good or, defenses. Good, a good defense. Well, yeah. Toronto had a great defense Milwaukee? played by Ka- Kawhi in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Pistons were defensive. They were defensive juggernauts. Yeah. It, historically speaking. Historically speaking, balanced teams win championships, and that's my True. issue. When when they go up against the high high tier teams that can score close to their level but defend at such a higher level, that's where I'm worried. I'm worried about that the equation being able to balance out. But you're right. Like this team, I th- I'm leaning them the best team in the West. I think. If I had to choose today, I'd choose them to come out of the West, too. It's funny how we yeah. both changed our opinion in the same direction. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's 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 going to be good for basketball. It's going to be a great NBA Finals. It's going to be entertaining. The playoffs are going to be entertaining. The, y- the West is just like a fucking dumpster fire, yes. dumpster fire right now. <laughs> and the Suns are the firefighters putting it out right now. Because they're yes. like taking, they're literally like, even though they've only played, like you said, minimal games together, yeah, like seven, eight games, <clears throat> maybe nine at the max right now. Yeah, they have completely, in my opinion, taken control of the West. The West is no longer open. It is the West is the Suns' West to win or to lose at this point. Yeah. Everybody else is just playing the game for the Suns to win. <laughs> yeah, it's really impressive. Monty Williams yeah. doing a hell of a to job really there. Lock it down that quickly, though. Yeah, lock it down that quickly and to get but, the that, yes. But to Go think ahead. of that though, it's, it's because of KD though. It's because KD is put to that team, and then Monty Williams was able to integrate him seamlessly yes. and create an offense that w- that worked very well with two two top ten shot creators of the in like yes. top ten scores, top ten shot creators, top p- two, top ten purest scores in the league today. <laughs> Let me pose this question to you. What's up? How many rings would the Clippers have right now if Monty would have been the coach when Paul George 
and Kawhi got together, and they never had an offense built around them like like this is right now. Oh my gosh, they'll still be winning rings right now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. They'll still be winning rings right now. Right, like the casual fan, like just to put that in perspective, how crazy it is to mix egos, top tier individual scoring talents like this in such a short time frame. Short st- time frame is fucking ridiculous, but it's a it's a credit to a guy who's a top three coach in the league who's knocking well, on the door to be the best. Well, to be fair, think about this for a second. When okay, Kawhi was a young guy playing with Tim Duncan, Tony Parker. And Manu Ginobili, right? He didn't quit. He didn't. He wasn't quite a superstar, but he was a young guy becoming a superstar mm-hmm. on that team. Then when they all retired seamlessly right after each other, or no, Tony Parker went to the Charlotte Hornets and then retired. Um, they all seamlessly retired one after another. Then it became Kawhi. Sam Kawhi had that injury. He stopped playing basketball for the Spurs. Went to the Toronto mm-hmm. Raptors. To, Kawhi has never had another top ten player when he's playing at an All Star level next to him. You can't yeah, say Kyle Lowry was an all-star talent. He was a he yeah. was a t- he was a talent. I would say all NBA talent. It was a good, team. It was a good yeah, team, it was a good team, but it wasn't yeah. an all-star talent next to him. Mm-hmm. Paul George is an all-star talent, so that talks about Kawhi as a player because we can't call him. We can't. We can say he's a great player, but how much? How good of a teammate is he if he's not able to? How not being able to play well with an all-star talent next to him? They play I think well it's more indicative individually, but coaching. not together. That's true. I think, it's, I think it's more indicative of the coaching. You think it's more indicative of the coaching? Yes. I would say they play well individually, but as a but as together, yeah. I don't think they play well together because he's never played next to an all star level talent, and he's never and outside of Pop, he hasn't had a coach. Outside of Nick Nurse, he hasn't had yeah, a coach those two are good. that has been able to yeah. integrate him and in all star talent level together. Mm-hmm. Even though Nick Nurse maximized. Him and Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry looked oh, yeah. like an all-star next to Kawhi, but he was not nice an all-star because it was it was really proven when he went to Miami that he is not an all-star level talent. And has it been all-star level talent? I think part it was of a system. Was it, okay, true, but it was to say like he wasn't he he wasn't an all-star level talent because yeah. of but he was an all-star level talent in that system in which Nick true. Nurse made him an all-star level talent. I feel you. Yeah, you're right. And to put the blinders on the Miami Heat, they was like, oh, we got Kyle Lowry. And then he goes over there and stinks the bed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the Miami Heat, you want to talk about a team that just makes me sad every year. I, I remember banging on these desks saying that that year last year was the last year of their championship window. And they needed to put Tyler Hero as a starter. And they would look at the tape the next year and be like, oh, yeah, Tyler Hero needs to be a starting two guard. They did. He's the starting two guard now. They would have done it last year. That would have been a lot more tough. Yeah. Yeah. It's a sad thing. Miami Heat, for some reason, just missed the boat on team building this year and how to build around Jimmy Butler, and they wasted the year. Yeah. That's, that's just what it is. Yeah. They definitely missed the boat on that. And it's crazy because, like, had Jimmy not left Minnesota, not left the Sixers, how many rings would the Sixers have won eventually? Those? I think they would have at least one. Him, Harden, and Embiid would be a crazy fit. They'd be so good. So goddamn It worked good. with him, him, Simmons, and Embiid. It worked. Yeah. Yeah. Him, they literally Simmons lost on a fluke. 
They literally lost on a fluke. It goes in. It goes in, bro. <laughs> it was two. It was a it, look, look, look. Hey, listen. It was a two K bounce. Had they not had that shot not went in, Philly takes it. That's Philly true. takes it, and then they go they on to beat a to beat a Hobbit Warriors, and they get yeah. their first ring. That'd be crazy. They, they what were a narrative that change. close, right? Yeah. Then Embiid with a ring. Then no, not even that. You look at Ben Simmons a lot differently. Differently. Oh yeah. Maybe a lot differently than we do now. You look at him Ultimate a lot reality. differently. <laughs> you look at him beat a lot differently than we do yeah. now. And even Jimmy gets a, gets a different light shined on him. True. Yeah. Jimmy's that man. Jimmy's a better yeah. motherfucker in the playoffs. Without a doubt. But he's in the playoffs. He turns so. it up. <laughs> yeah, he turns it up. <laughs> They're getting the playoffs, smacked by either the Celtics. Or the Bucks ran through. Yeah. Oh, oh my sure. goodness! So let me get to the playoffs. So earlier this week, for the people that don't know, listen that uh, let you guys in on something. We were talking about how much we both love the Lakers. So yes. why why do you think? Do you think you your evaluation of the Lakers dropped a little bit? Like what what what's the change, Chris? How do you feel about the Lakers? Oh, I, I, I still love the Lakers. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with the Lakers for a minute because it seems that they're starting to actually click. True. Um, with LeBron out, even though they haven't played a lot of games, LeBron with this new team, I think they played like mm-hmm. one or two. Then he went out again with that. He went out with that foot injury, and then AD stepped up. True, and that was the biggest thing that was like, hmm. I knew we had it in him, but I didn't know he was going to show it to me again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? True. And then that had me started to believe in the Lakers a little bit more, right? You start mm-hmm. believing in the Lakers when you start seeing things that you are that you were wish you were seeing earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. When you when you know when you have a, a player of the caliber of Anthony Davis, and you're like, I know it's there. I've seen True. it. <laughs> I've seen it. I just wish he would just you know come back, come back mm-hmm. and be that guy again. And yeah. when he became that guy, I was like. The Lakers have the ultimate opportunity to win one this year, yeah, or to at least go to a Western Conference Finals, and that's not a bad. That's not a bad. That's not a bad no. start to to having no. a new team. Yeah. You don't know how many how long you have with LeBron, but that's a nice start. Yeah, I would give you. I would. I would love that start. Yeah. With okay, I just put a new team together. I have LeBron and AD from last year. You know, mm-hmm. they're going to be LeBron and AD, and I'm able to go to the Western Conference Finals. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Even though every year with LeBron on on my team is championship or bust, I'm okay with the Western Conference Finals appearance. Yeah, that's a nice start. You could build around that start. Mm-hmm. True. And I think that's that's why I'm so big on the Lakers because I've seen the ups and downs and us talking about Russell West, Russell Westbrook and how he didn't mm-hmm. fit seamlessly and how that he was a problem and up and down in the media really slandering that man for no mm-hmm. absolutely reason but to scapegoat yeah. him. Why we seen the ups and downs and then for the, it just you take a couple pieces out, and then you put a couple pieces in, and then it changes the whole entire culture of a team, and the team starts looking better than it ever has. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just it kind of like reinvigorated me on the Lakers because I was yeah. really, really low on them, really, mm-hmm. really low, and I really just like you know that Anthony Davis is really starting to step up and show us that hey, I'm still a superstar. I'm still that guy. I'm still him. Yeah. You know what I mean? In a sense, and with LeBron back, 
LeBron has dropped 33, 37. I know that he's not going to be like some, he's not going to be the number one scorer in the playoffs. I just know that's not going to be possible at this stage of, in this stage yeah. of his life, in the stage of his career. I would like for him here. to be that. I would like for him to be that. But 33, 37, I'm okay with that. If, if AD can drop 30 to 33 a night, I'm fine with that as well. Yeah. That that's a good start for me. I'm okay with that. Now we just need the rest of the pieces to come along with, and I mm-hmm. believe they are ready to. I believe that as long as because the way that LeBron has seamlessly integrated himself back into the offense, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and it's working well. It's working well. I, they're not in the play-ins. They they lost to the Clippers. I mean, that's, oh, that was a very loaded game, huh? They're in the play-in right now. Yeah, they're like seven, right? Yeah, they're seven. Yeah. They're seven. Yeah, they was they were fighting for six, but I think the Clippers beat them. The Clippers did beat them, and I think that was more of a revenge game for Russ because yeah. Russ felt like he was betrayed by his by his favorite organization. Yeah, so, I could see that. Yeah, yeah. So, I think the narrative was there for that. Yeah, uh, I'm really big on the Lakers. I I like the Lakers a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, when it comes down to the Lakers, they have a few glaring strengths. I would say wing defense, defense. is one of them. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Anthony Davis at the rim, his pick-and-roll defense is going to be a strength. It's going to be it causing issues for whoever they get. Um, you know, Jared Vanderbilt and Troy Brown Jr., right? Troy Brown Jr. Mm-hmm. is a really solid 6'7", six, 6'8", six, rotational wing. They got two wings that can defend really well and make sure LeBron doesn't have to defend. Uh, the position I'm really worried about is the guard position. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with D'Angelo Russell. I love the way he plays, but... I had this feeling of I want the Lakers to be X, but there's something missing. And the something that's missing is those guards are so inconsistent outside of D'Lo that they're going to have some nights where you get 35 from the guard position. Austin Reeves either yeah. drops 15 or he drops two, right? Yeah. Uh, Malik Beasley drops 15 or he drops two dennis schroeder is super inconsistent you're either getting oh yeah that one that he either looks like oh my gosh that guy was once a six man of the year candidate with the ok state thunder remember when they had shea gilgis and cp3 and he was their six man it's like sometimes he looks like that and sometimes he looks like man he is not making a team next year (laughs) right (laughs) you don't know what you're gonna get from him sometimes he's super turnover prone right so it's just so many inconsistencies at the guard position that leads me to think, okay, when they're in the series and there's going to be some serious lows of them scoring, they're going to just lose some games because of inconsistencies at the guard position. And, yes. you know, even now, because Austin Reeves is getting, being the starting two guard, I'm like, this is all stats. Why is Malik Beasley not starting two? Like, yeah. like, like the only reason why he's starting too is because his stat sheet looks better than Malik Beasley. But you need that shot creation so desperately at starting mm-hmm. your two guard and getting these ma- major minutes. Um, so that's a Darvin, Darvin Ham mistake. Uh, you know, I do think Darvin Ham's a below average-ish, averages. Let's call him the 18th to the 20th best head, best head coach of the NBA. Right, like... And coaching matchups where you get a really great coach are gonna out. They're gonna coach circles around them, right? And there's gonna be some coaches that they get that can be really tough for them. So, you know, I I think that they have their weaknesses, but they also have their strengths, which is LeBron. They got shooting. Yes. 
right? You know what I mean? AD, LeBron healthy, the pick and roll. Offensively, things are built around that. I think D'Lo, this is the best version of D'Lo I think we've ever seen within a winning basketball team. I mean, he passes the ball well. He's a good secondary ball handler. He shot straight mm-hmm. for himself. Like, D'Lo's an amazing third piece for LeBron James. I think he's a better third yeah. piece than Kevin Love. Now, I think that might be mm. a little controversial, but Kevin Love, yeah. people forget how Kevin Love was sitting on the bench on the against the against Golden State Warriors for multiple minutes, multiple get twenty minutes per game, eighteen because he was getting switched and getting exposed, and he couldn't do anything. It's very great, right? Like yeah. let's let's not be revisionist history here. Kevin Love had his weaknesses as a fit with LeBron. Um, you know, yeah. I might say Chris Bosh is probably a better third wheel. I, he just now came into my head, so he's the second best third wheel LeBron James has ever had. So. You know, it's it's a really good fit. I really feel like they have good future, right? They just need to be able to go into next season and get a guard. That's a staple. That's like, okay, this is our two guard. We paid money for him. A good guy that average consistent 15 to 12 a night. We can really mm-hmm. count on him. Play some defense too. Amazing, right? That's that's exactly what they need. Uh, you know, like a poor man's Drew Holiday. Some some guy that fits that description. Uh but yeah, I think they I think they're a very good team. If I had to do power rankings, they'd be four, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a good thing, right? They have good yeah. they have good versatilities, play good defense, and they're a well rounded team. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. So I have a question for you. Okay. Do you think Darvin Ham survives into next season? Yes. Or do you think they go after Eme? Oh dear God. Ooh. I mean, if it's me running the organization, I'm dropping everything for Ime. But, you know, yeah. other than robbing the most gullible franchise in the NBA history in Minnesota Timberwolves, that front office hasn't done many good things recently. Okay? <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. <laughs> let's not, it's not let's hard not, to rob the Minnesota Timberwolves. Exactly. It's not hard to do that. Let's not try to grade the Lakers organization about their ability to take candy from a literal baby. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, right. this is this is not the same. They literally, the Minnesota Timberwolves traded D'Angelo Russell for Mike fucking Conley, who has been playing so long. They <laughs> played with Greg Oden in college. Let that sink in for a second there. Um, yeah. <laughs> dear God. With Anthony Davis and Cat and all those guys that are young. Right? Mm. So, uh, stupidity... It's stupidity, I guess, and uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves are that. So, yeah, that's my playoff breakdown for the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. Stupidity is stupidity. <laughs> yeah, stupidity is stupidity. Does because yeah, yeah. They, they literally did rob them. I mean, yeah. like, shoot, I probably could rob the Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> like, yes, yes, <laughs> you can walk in and take anything you want right now. It's free entry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah. Uh, uh, Oh my god. Okay. So I feel like an interesting topic mm-hmm. is the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. If they get Andrew Wiggins back, Andrew Wiggins, we haven't seen him play he- healthy yet. He's but been Wiggs shut down. is back. Really? All year. I, I, I read that he's been shut down. He's not playing again. He's done. Oh, okay. Well, I guess what do you think about the Warriors without Andrew Wiggins in the playoffs? Oh yeah, they're they're that's that's an integral piece. That's what got them to win the championship last year. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, they're, they're not, that's why I said he the West is the Suns. I think he's done for the year. He came back, but he's not playing. I don't think he's gonna play again. 
I, I read this. I don't know if I, I think I said it on Twitter. That's why I'm going to take it with a grain of salt, but I believe he's done. I think he's done. He came back and he hasn't played. I don't think he's suiting up this year. I think he's done. He's done for the year. He's not going to play again until next year. Man, so what makes you think of that the, the Warriors are going to get a, are not going to be uh, the same? Oh, like I said, he was an integral part of their defense. I mean, mm-hmm. like, you have a guy who can play defense and can score at a deficient level. Yeah. I mean, that actually adds to what you have. First, I was I was very skeptical on what Andrew Wiggins really brought to the Warriors, right? Mm-hmm. Very skeptical on that. But after seeing what he was able to do during the playoffs last year and then getting them to the championship, I was like, I'm sold on him. That's why I'm thinking that mm-hmm. they're not going to – they don't even look the same without Andrew Wiggins. And then they traded so many pieces away, they don't know how to integrate their young talent into their offense yet. They actually – Pause. Not that they don't know how. They refuse to. So it's um it looks like he's coming back. It's gonna it oh for real? I read that he wasn't coming back. So he is coming back now. Yeah. He's coming back. How soon? He played five on five this week. Oh, okay. I was I read something different. So I read that he was shut down. So I don't know. Wiggins. That's why I said it was on Twitter. It was Wiggins Wiggins back. back. Okay. Wiggins back, it makes it very interesting for the Suns. I okay. will not say the the, 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 the Golden State. The <laughs> I mean, yeah, the Warriors. I don't think they beat the Suns. Okay. I say it makes it interesting. That's a nice series. I would like to watch that series. Yeah, that's a, that's a really nice series because it's a must. It becomes a must-win series for KD. Okay. And let me tell you why. It must even a voice. <laughs> <laughs> You're wrong, and here's why. <laughs> the reason why it becomes a must-win series for Kevin Durant uh-huh. is because after Curry won without KD, mm-hmm. everybody looked at KD like, so why were you there? <laughs> Correctly so. If he can win without you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If, if he can win without you, what were you there for? Yeah. And you have yet to be able to win. Everybody looked at KD with the side eye. Side eye. They really did, did that to him. I was yeah. like, how dare you? Exactly. Like you have not been able to you can't lead a team. You have not been able to lead a team. We don't believe in you. Yeah. Because you have not been able to you have not been successful with the team that you've been with. Yet Curry has won another championship without you and you've yet to do that without him. Okay. Let me ask Everybody you Everybody looked at him very differently. So there's going to be a lot of people. There's going to be a lot of people yeah. that are going to think that the Warriors are still the best team in the West. They still think that they're a championship team. They have championship medal, which they do. Mm-hmm. That they have great yeah. championship experience. So if Wiggins is back healthy, do you think that how, how what what kind of team, what kind of great team can they be? What at what level of a team do you think they can be this year? From what you see with Wiggins, with Wiggins back, it depends on how soon he comes back into the lineup okay because there's not that many games left Mm -hmm. um and he hasn't played a lot you know i think he's been down for like 21 games i think he played in the beginning something like that like kind of something like that he's playing 22 23 games now Mm -hmm. i think he's been and then he came back and he still isn't playing so i feel like it just depends on how many games they have in order to like get them like kind of reacclimated to like the system mm-hmm. and then get everybody else pushed back out and kind okay. of get it back into that mode. 
Okay. Because if they can come back to that mode, I would say that the Warriors are still a championship caliber team. Okay. But I will repeat this is that they're just not beating the Suns. Okay. So championship, you think they're good enough to be a championship team. So let's say if we made a power rankings, do you think, okay, let me say this. Let's do teams in the East. Okay, go ahead. With 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 Wiggins back, are they better than the Bucks? No. Better than the better than the Celtics. I would say they're even. Okay. With the Celtics, I would say they're even with the Seventy Sixers. And then sec- no, not better than six. No, they. Oh wait. Actually, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. The way the Sixers are playing now, it's different. Mm-hmm. No, they're not better than the Sixers. Okay. What about the Cleveland Cavaliers? They're better than the Cavaliers. Okay. Number one seed in the West that they probably won't face, Nuggets. Yeah. Are they better than the Nuggets? Mm-hmm. No, not better than the Nuggets. Okay. So what is there like a strength or a weakness that really scares you even with Wiggins back? Is it like, okay, they're going to do X, but this scares me. I just think this adds a level of scoring that they back to the team. Now you have to worry about one, like you have to worry about five different scores Mm -hmm. that that can really like give you 20 plus points. And then you have to worry about Wiggs. Who defends very well on the other end? Yeah. So now you can. So now you can hide Curry. You can hide Pool, and then you now you have Wiggins and Draymond anchoring the defense in the start. I mean, in the starting lineup. You know what I mean? Yeah. So now they're guarding two, the two best players. Either whether it's Draymond on like the shooting guard or the small forward, or you put Wig on the shooting guard or small forward, they're able to guard those those players at that uh-huh. at that in those positions considering where the where the talent truly lies in the west is at the shooting guard and small forest body unless yeah. you're the nuggets where they have all their talent in the student service mm-hmm. position so like now you, you throw wigs and draymond at Kawhi and paul george who do they have left if you throw wigs and draymond at lebron and ad i mean who do they have left besides d'lo like d'lo can go off but we're not mm-hmm. expecting 30 40 points and winning the game under on d'lo's back from you know what i mean we're not expecting that uh-huh. You know what I mean? You could maybe be able to throw Wiggs and Draymond at <clears throat> Booker and KD, but I don't believe that they're. I, I think that I don't think that Wiggs shuts KD down. I don't think that okay. Draymond shuts shuts Booker down. But I think okay. that there are some teams in the West that they do shut down. Okay, defensively. Okay, I'm gonna disagree with you. I think they have even with Wiggs back. I think they have an extreme strategic weakness. Okay. And it's the defense, mm-hmm. right? So Draymond Green's not a DPOY guy. He's a great defender still, yes. right? Clay Thompson is not a great defender. He's a good defender. Wiggs is still yeah. a great defender. The issue here and should have been glaring in my face all year. The issue here and the reason why they're getting beat by all these teams is they can't defend the rim to save their life. Let me explain this to you. Kevon Looney is in there for his screening and his ability to play on the offensive end within their system. Okay. Yes. That guy used to be known as, Hey, that guy's athletic. He's a good backup center. He covers a lot of ground. He's very switchable. Six ten. Well, now he's slow. Six ten. not very athletic, 
uh, he can't defend the rim to save his life, right? Yeah. And then on top of that, they add fuel oil to the fire, which is their backup center is Javante Green. Do you know who Javante Green is? Yeah. He's a six eight journeyman power forward. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> They can't defend the rim to save their life, right? And and there's too many freaky athletic guys in the NBA, even guys like Cam Johnson, guys like Mikael Bridges who aren't great shock raiders, for example. They can still get to the rim. Everybody in the NBA can get to the rim, okay? So they have such a ridiculously glaring in-your-face weakness. Um, and the bench doesn't gel well, well together in the system of the Warrior system. So they have some good positional defenders, but their interior defense is so weak that they're going to be tough for them to, you know, because their defense is so weak, they're going to have to shoot so crazy from the three-point line, and it's just unreasonable for somebody to do that every night. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, they made the mistake of buying into system fit, especially at the center position, rather than talent. And um, um, James Wiseman not being a backup or should be, he's a starting level quality talent, right? He has much yeah. more talent than Kevin Looney has right now. That's their issue. That's their mistake here. James Wiseman should be the center. And they planned this, right? They drafted him. He's been in their plans for the last three years to be their center. So they didn't go out and so assign free agents and build them into within their scheme. Because there's no way they would have said, oh, yeah, we're going to keep Kevon Looney as our starting center when he was Andrew Bogut's backup, okay? There's yeah. no chance in Zaza Pachulia. Think about the name Zaza Pachulia started in front of Kevon Looney, okay? That guy yeah. was a backup center, <laughs> okay? Like, let's be honest about this here. And they have extreme weakness because of that. It's an extreme strategic weakness. I don't know how that they're not going to cover up for it. They're just not. There's not going to be enough scoring. Um, I don't even think they're better than the Knicks. They played the Knicks right now. I think the Knicks would beat them. Yeah. Yeah. Julius Randle would literally run circles around them at the rim. They would do nothing with Julius Randle. Right, and just because like individual defense of Draymond Green can't overcome nobody back there, right? Yeah, <laughs> like it's it, there's limitations to how much great perimeter defense can do, right? They just don't. They have extreme weakness here, and that's that's defending the rim. So, mm, yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I I just don't think that you know putting the team, bringing the band back together, makes them a championship caliber team. Now, whether they prove that to me or not is to be seen. It's going to be good. I, that's why I good say it depends, it depends on how many. It depends on how many games. It depends on how many games. I mean, no matter who they face, it's going to be must-watch TV. Everybody's going to watch yeah. the Golden State Warriors, um, even if they face the Kings. Uh, the Kings are a really good team. Uh, it's really they sad for the Warriors. Clippers that Paul George is out because if Paul George is healthy, they're a top ten in the NBA team in the NBA. Uh, Paul yeah. George's ability to do everything on the floor is amazing, and without him, they're not going to do anything in the playoffs, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more of the same. They just keep getting the short end of the stick. The Clippers do so. Yeah, there's really nothing they can do about that. You know, I have I have an opinion. Mm-hmm. 
You know what's a small... I'd say there's a 5% chance of this happening. There is a chance that the Boston Celtics... You remember early in the season when the Boston Celtics were white hot from three-point line as a team, right, for a long period of time? There is a 5% chance that that three-point line gets them a ring. It's this really small percent Mm. chance, but sometimes they get so hot as a team. Al Horford's a 40%. Like Jason Tatum, Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown. Like they got so many guys that can just fucking hit it from three that, you know, there is no, oh, I'm 100% certain that the Bucs are coming out the East. And you know how much I believe in the Bucs, right? But there's a chance that this team, this team, they get hot. They get hot. They beat. They blew out the Bucks by like forty points in the last game. Of the last time they faced each other this season, because they got hot from three, and it's just there's a chance. There's a chance yeah. that the, the Boston Celtics have a ring this year, and if it happens, it's going to be three point shooting. How well they expose the yeah. three point line. I can see that. I can see that. Um, I don't know. Okay, with so the last time they played, they have Jay Crowder. Exactly. Yes. Factor is more. They had Drake Crowder. Well, it was like a week ago, a week and a half yeah. ago, pretty recently. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, if, they, if that if that three point line starts turning green for him, I mean, you know, they already the Celtics, so it's pretty much green. Um, yeah. You know what I mean, if it starts getting <laughs> starts heating up, <laughs> getting they get white hot from mm-hmm. three. They have so many shooters. You're absolutely right. Yes. They have too many shooters. Too many guys who could just knock it down from deep. Yeah. But yeah, that could also, even though that's such a um, a positive for them, that could also be mm-hmm. a negative because they could rely on a three point shot too sure. much. And they and yeah. sometimes they do shoot themselves out of games. True. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it can go either way. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, is there anything else you have as an idea to talk about, or is this just like a natural stuff? One last thing. You're in Dallas. What are your thoughts on the Dallas Mavericks right now as they stand? They're out of the playoff contention. In the beginning, they were in playoff contention. Now they're completely out of playoff contention. They're they're done. They're they're they have the top number ten pick in the draft. Um, my take on the the Mavericks, I would say that I still think it was. When you're so overwhelmingly bad at defense like that, there's nothing you could do. There's nothing they could yeah. do. I think there's only one, two, three, five things I would keep about this team. Kyrie, mm-hmm. Luka, and the center rotation. I really think they yeah. have that one good three-point shooter. I think it's Maxi Kleber or somebody. Yeah. They have one good three-point shooter. They have Christian Wood and JaVale McGee. So they have multiple yeah. guys that could do multiple things against different matchups. I really like that center rotation. For me personally, I'd get one guard that can be the guard defender, right? And I have road, road, at least one rotational guard that defends. They don't need to screw, score. I, they don't need to touch the ball when they're playing around Luka and yeah. Kyrie. I'd have Luka as one of the four defenders, and I'd put him and pair him with another four defender, like a Jay Crowder, right? You become much more of a complete team. Um, there are four defenders, two defenders in the card position and two at the four position. And that's just how bad they are. That's just how yeah. bad they are. They like do Jay Crowder would be the best de- defender on the, uh, 
uh, Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, Troy Brown Jr. was be would be the be the best. Like it's it, it's terrible over there in Dallas. So yeah, defense for me personally, I don't think it's anybody's issue. Luca's issue, Kyrie's issue, Cuban's issue. Dear God, it's not Jason Kidd's issue. Please do not come for the guy that literally. <laughs> had Dallas Mavericks almost going? Did they go to the Western Conference Finals last year, or were they almost made it? No, they made it because they beat the Suns in the in yeah, yeah. Yeah, they beat the Suns. A Luka Doncic by himself and Jalen Brunson, Dallas Mavericks playing small ball, going to the Western Conference Finals. Do not come for Jason Kidd's head. This is defensive yeah. issue here. That's what I think. That's what do true. you think? Um. For me, it's it's kind of weird because, like, how they were good, right? And mm-hmm. I'm like, so what were they doing right during this stint where they were in playoff contingent yeah. for them to add, I think, the best piece available, which is Kyrie. Yeah, right? easily. Easily. And then to be so bad mm-hmm. to, fall, to completely eliminate themselves from playoff contention. Yeah. Or was it planned? Is there somebody in the draft that's coming in the top ten that maybe somebody that maybe somebody might be interested in? Maybe they want to trade that pick for a player. Who knows? I don't know. But one thing I do know is that I was reading online. Mm-hmm. Once again, I'm gonna take this what is Greenest thought mm-hmm. because of Twitter. Jason Kidd said that there's gonna be a lot of changes. A lot of the guys that you see now will not be here next year. I completely agree with that sentiment. I feel like that's 100% right. Retooling. You don't need guys like Tim Hardaway with this team. You know what I mean? Like, they don't need multiple. They need maybe one guard shot creator, but it's not that. It's not the need for that. Isn't that crazy? Um, Yeah. They just have to become more of a complete team. They were leaning offensively, and Dorian Finney-Smith was a difference maker defensively. He's a really good defender. Mm -hmm. Right? And, um, yeah. I mean, a top 10 draft pick, Kaysom Wallace guard defender from the best he's a generational defensive talent at the guard position from kentucky so if they're going to keep that Mm. pick that's who i would think about going there um that's just me uh so yeah yeah i feel like uh anything else chris Mm -mm, no all right sounds good Cool. All right. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Next week's going to be so good. We're going to give you guys those playoff breakdowns. It's going to be so great to see so many great things in the standings, the play-ins, all this type of stuff. Basketball is going to be heating up. And the content never ends as a basketball addict. Join the club. We're basketball addicts. Let's all enjoy basketball together, people. So cheesy. Could have said it better myself. <laughs> Could have said it better myself. We're all basketball addicts. Enjoy the club. Yeah. All right, guys. Once again, just want to say thank you all for listening. Yep. I'm Chris Mullins. I'm Jason Collins. And we are at the Basketball Addicts. Peace. Ouch. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.